love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. This week we are going to uh, dive into an issue that is certainly... Uh, even as Lee and I were talking off air, it, it was convicting me, and we haven't even really gotten into it. But the issue of control and this idea that what I can't control will hurt me. And so, Lee, kind of tell us where this idea originated and then where we may want to go on this broadcast regarding the issue of control. Well, as our uh, as our listeners know, I mean, I'm one of the uh, main topics for the f- folks that I work with are, are guys who have same-sex attraction. And uh, out of the, my work with them and my own and my own past, I have to say, uh, I've seen that control is a pretty damaging uh, uh, trait in this uh, particular sin area. And explain what you mean when you say control. You're just talking about controlling all of your circumstances, all of your work, your relationship. What, what do you mean when you say control? Oh, I think control means all of the above. It's uh, controlling relationships. It's controlling uh, my circumstances. Controlling it's the thermostat in the house. controlling yeah. the thermostat. <laughs> it's controlling, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of this thing, and it's a, kind of the feeling in the home that, you know, as, as you're growing up, who has ultimate control here? And um, I think out of the addiction, a lot of the control issues uh, get get born, and I also think a lot of them get uh, exacerbated. And so you got all these things going on here with trying to figure out how do I maintain my control when I feel so out of control? Because addiction can be way out of control at the same time. So then, as in in relationship to this addiction, then where does this sort of control start? I mean, does it start all the way back in being a kid, or I mean, or is that just where you maybe learn it, but later on it becomes something that you start to implement? Where does control, and what is it maybe born out of? Well, personally, I think control. I think I think you're born into control. I think uh, if you if you're raised in a controlling household, you have to be born into it. And uh, I think it's interesting because I think what you find in controlling households is don't disappoint me. You know, if you disappoint me, then I can't handle it. And so I must have constant control over my surroundings. So performance-based environment maybe is real big. Very much so. Performance, perfectionistic uh, households. Uh, maybe mom is, gets very disappointed at Christmas if one of the kids doesn't show up. Oh my gosh, are you ruined our Christmas? And you know everybody has to be here. Or you know you you break something in the house by accident, and it's not. Hey, we'll get that fixed. No big deal. It's oh my gosh, how can you do this to me? 
because I get so disappointed. And so when I get so disappointed, my control kicks in like, okay, I will never let this happen again. So I must be constantly in control. So it's a real high pressure environment as well, because that, that's going to create a lot of pressure on particular individuals to meet some sort of arbitrary standard that's set by whoever is kind of the top dog in the in the home. Sure, because they'll say it's grades, and little boy comes home with three C's and two B's, and dad says, well, why didn't you get an A? Well, what's his real question there? Well, his real the, the real question is, is, why did you disappoint me? Mm-hmm. If you make all A's, then I feel good, and then I feel like a successful parent, so you must make all A's. If you make B's and C's, then I somehow feel less than because I feel like I'm screwing up somewhere. And with that sort of pressure and shame, as we've talked about in previous broadcasts, that's just sort of like the per- creates the perfect storm for eventual sexual addiction in many different ways, whether it's homosexual or heterosexual sexual addiction, because a lot of the underlying factors in the addiction is shame. Sure. And so out of that environment, so so you, how do, then does that start translating maybe into um, how the individual begins to assert control maybe in their own lives rather than it being something they're in the environment. But then where maybe does that transfer take place where they begin to start to be little controllers themselves? Well, I think it's uh, a lot like the kick the dog syndrome. You know, the boss is in complete control and he lets the employee have it. The employee gets upset, so he lets the wife have it when he gets home. The wife lets the kids have it when when she gets that opportunity, and then the little kid kicks the dog because he has no one else to control. And so it's almost that whole situation there. It's like, okay, all I see around me as a little kid is is that if mom is disappointed, then she exerts even more pressure on me to be good. And I must always be good. And so then I learn that because I start to realize that I'm afraid of mom at some points. Because if I ever let her down, look at all the consequences that happen. She gets very upset. Things, you know, get very out of control. And so fear creates this need for control. And pride kind of feeds it. Because then it's like, well, now I'm in control. So, you know what, I have to have things under my control now with the people that I can control. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because most of the folks that we work with probably wouldn't go back home and feel like they could be in control again. It's like those, you know, the guys that I work with, including myself, they say, well, when I go back home, for some reason, I still feel like that little kid again. Can revert back to child status. Yeah. Sure. Why? Because who's in control here? Not them. And they never have been in control. And so they've got all this stuff going on. That's when they acting out usually, st- you know, gets triggered because it's like, I don't have any control here. And I think that fear element is a big part of it because, uh, you know, there are so many, and I've seen this before, there are so many well-meaning parents that are, that are controllers that don't understand how that translates through the perception of a child. Because you have to realize just, just from, um, you know, a size standpoint, children are smaller than adults. Sure. And so when you've got a controlling parent, even a well-meaning controlling parent, maybe they're like the benevolent dictator of their house, even that, when it passes through the grid of a child's perspective, can be intimidating and frightening and scary and shame-inducing, even from a well-meaning parent. And so a lot of times these kids, because they don't know how to respond to their parents, they don't know how to communicate some of these feelings, they all just kind of get stuffed down, and you're right, the kick the dog syndrome, they begin looking for something in their sphere of influence that they can control. And a lot of times, what what 
crops up. Sexuality, right? Sure. I can be in control of my own body. I can control. And also they start realizing, hey, I can control my mood, you know, uh, sex and masturbation, all those sorts of things. Those are powerful mood altering things and I can be in control. So even the addiction can start to be a sense of control because I can control that aspect of my being when everything else is being controlled over me. Sure. And it is also, you know, it's like you said, it's the one place that I don't have to worry about what others will think of me. I go in my own private place and I can do exactly what I want. I can feel exactly the way I want to feel. And I don't have to worry about getting an A or a B or a C. I mean, that's, you know, it's all this performance is gone because it's just now I am in complete control. And it's really that piece of that control that says, you know what, if I have control, then I don't get hurt. Because I've been hurt here, right? Because if I let mom down, I don't like feeling that. That whole thing you just described about this kid and all this pain and all this stuff that goes on when you let somebody down... I only have to go through that a couple of times before I realize if I perform A, I'll get A. If I perform like C, I'll get C. And I don't want C. I Mm. want A. And so they work real hard to maintain that. But then they can't all the time, so they secretly go off and just let loose and act however they want every now and then. Well, when you say that, you know, I'm getting this picture in my mind of, of how this looks in a family. Let's say, let's say dad's the top dog. You know, dad's the guy who has ultimate control in the family. And here's, you know, Charlie, the son down here. And he sees how this is all working. And certainly he's kind of maybe the low man on the totem pole. There starts to be almost a competitive nature that begins to rise up in that child that says, okay, I see dad's in control, gets to do whatever he wants, manipulates, you know, just maybe makes his voice louder, gets bigger, gets angry, whatever, and gets to do whatever he wants. Almost on a subconscious level, Charlie begins to think, I have got to eventually, at some point in my t- in my life, usurp dad. In other words, climb the ladder to be my own big dog. Sure. You know, and that's... And so then everything falls in line with that, manipulating relationships, uh, even maybe, I even think in some ways, having, uh, changing career paths. I mean, I think some guys, their career path has been dictated out of this controlling environment of being able to say, I want to be in a job where I'm in control. Sure. A lot of entrepreneurs, I think, actually came from, and not to say that entrepreneurialism is bad, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that sort of mindset. I'm never going to have anybody tell me what to do. And unfortunately, I, I'm in that category. <laughs> I, right. there's, this is a major reason why I didn't go into the military. Because <laughs> I came from a background similar to this and where I, a lot of these things were not going on in my conscious mind. But realizing later what the addiction was feeding me and what I had learned in terms of, of trying to protect and cocoon myself was I, I agreed with what you said on an emotional level. Hey, if I can just be in control, then nobody can hurt me and I will be satisfied. Sure. And that's the message that kids are, are taught. And so they grow up learning. And unfortunately, it's the case. Man, love's not the most important thing here. Doing it the right way is the most important thing mm-hmm. here. And so then the little boy or little girl, but in this case, of course, little boys, he doesn't learn how to handle his own emotions then because as long as he can stay in control he doesn't have to get upset 
it's like one guy I was working with one time, I said, hey, you know, uh, to kind of break out of your need to control, why don't you get a roommate? And it was just, ah, I can't do that. Why? Because he was used to living in his control. He had been raised in a control situation. You know, this way I know where the dirty dish goes when when I get through using it. I know what temperature I want the thermostat set on. I know how I handle things. If I want to have quiet time, I can go to my room. I don't have to worry about anybody else. You know, it's one of those things where I don't have to be inconvenienced. Therefore, I don't have to get disappointed. Therefore, I am in complete control. And and therefore, there's no need to adjust or sacrifice or be selfless or anything like that. And I think that's the other kind of underlying message of this is is control feeds selfishness. Sure. It totally feeds it because it's all about me getting what I want and getting it the way I want it. And this is the way we all do it, right, Jonathan? No, we don't always do it Lee's way. Sometimes there are your wife's way sometimes your 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 daughter wants it a certain way and that's when you begin to learn uh-oh i'm not the only one here in this believe world. it or not dishes can be put into the dishwasher different ways and still get clean oh really <laughs> <laughs> i it's taken me 14 years to learn that but they they can be put in there a different way i remember when elaine and i first got married and i was just like i was wash, watching her wash the dishes and then put them in the you know put them in the dishwasher and I just, I mean, I felt it rise up. Well, that's not how you put the, you, you have to put the spoons up. You know, you can't put them down into the, into the tray. Or, you know, just things like that that I have had to realize over the years, I have significant issues with control. Sure. And sometimes you don't, you, you will never, and I will go so strong as to say you will never realize that apart from relationship. Exactly. You have to have relationship. Exactly. Because guess what, Jonathan? One thing we haven't said about control yet is control is also very safe. Mm-hmm. I don't ever have to venture out and feel. It's low risk. If I can be in complete control. But guess what? Feel is the, is the key word there. If I'm always in control, I don't ever have to feel. So then I don't get very close to people either because I've got to always keep up that safe distance of control. I may get married but i don't i don't become completely naked and unashamed with my wife because what if she disappoints me or what if she doesn't wear the right thing to bed or what if she doesn't do her hair right that day and i'm disappointed then i've got all these control issues going on and so i keep everybody at a distance except for my sexual addiction because if i get no feeling that day there's one place i can always go to get a quick easy cheap feeling mm-hmm. and that's in sexual addiction and one of the things i think that our listeners who maybe are starting to it's starting to resonate with them, and they're realizing, hey, I got I've got some control issues because I want things done a particular way, and and I I manipulate my relationships at work and at home and elsewhere to try to get things the way I want. One of the things that I think, if our listeners were honest with themselves, and and I will be the first to admit this, is that to go through life and spend your life seeking to exert control over every aspect of your life only leads to one thing, and that is dissatisfaction. There is no contentment in a life of control. There is, like you said, safety. There's low risk. There's um, there's things getting done the way you want it to get done, right? Sure. But ultimately, I think you end up alone and empty because... Nothing of who you really are will ever connect and become joined with another human being. Exactly. Because 
you control causes everything about you emotionally and and in your soul to just kind of pull in and so you just keep kind of pulling in and pulling in and pulling in you've got a good presentation you know how to interact with people but there's no real bonding there's no real connection with another human being because in order for that to happen you have to give yourself away right to that other person and that means you're going to actually give control to someone else or give give access to someone else and that just terrifies the controller to death sure because then you actually start to care more about someone else than yourself mhm and that's scary because if i do care about someone else what if they hurt me what if they disappoint, disappoint me? me yeah and if i get disappointed then what do i do how do i handle that because i've never been taught how to handle that and hey one big person we haven't talked about here who could disappoint us is god and so that's kind of this whole piece of control mixed in with the God who is in constant control and saying, okay, what do I do with him now? Well, he must be a God that fits inside my box. And so my God would never ask me to do, and then you fill in the blank. Because he knows that I, that's not for me. That's, nothing I, that's something I would never do. Well, why wouldn't you? Well, because I'm afraid or because it's out of my control he would never ask me to allow my wife to adjust the thermostat, right? Right. <laughs> because yeah. I'm the one that's supposed to be constantly cool or constantly warm. and uh, Or he would never ask me to, and you fill in the blank, because that's saying, okay, what is God asking me to do that I'm afraid to do because it might call me to, to a different level of trust? Well, and it's almost like we, in that sense, when we go down that line of thinking, we, we have to redefine love. Because a lot of times what we'll even say in conjunction with that is, well, God would never ask me to do that because he loves me. And so what we do is we start and we start making love a very self-centered thing, a love that love that starts to be about what we want. We even try to start controlling the definition of love. Sure. And so I think what ends up happening in a lot of people's minds is they they then have to skew their image of God because you know what? In my Bible, it says that that actually God loves me and that as his child, I will suffer. And, and it's not it's not because he's mean or doesn't love me. But guess what? He's going to leave me here for whatever purpose he has for me. And you know what? To be his child on this planet is going to be suffering. Sure. Because which I'm, is out of control. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I kind of think of Peter because, you know, Peter was, um, you know, he just went back and forth. He'd get it right half the time, and then he'd just blow it the other half the time in terms of his understanding comprehension. He f- eventually, he got it, you know. But how did he eventually get it? He followed Jesus. The, the you know, the instruction to him was just to follow the Lord. And, and I always find it interesting that we, in our culture we absolutely praise and adore leaders. And man, you can find a seminar on every street corner about leadership, lead, lead, lead. Sure. You're only going to be, you know, you're 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 only going to be satisfied in life if you are leading. Make it to the top. And what I find interesting is actually in God's paradigm, in God's economy, so to speak, real contentment, real satisfaction comes through following. We're to be right. good followers. Well, can you be in absolute control and following simultaneously? Uh-uh. Absolutely not. You can't. And that's the difficulty, isn't it? Well, and yes, it's a very much a difficult situation. And then you can also think you're in control and actually be in the midst of being led astray the whole time. 
because you think you're in control and yet you you realize you wake up one day and it's all gone because you've thought all this time you had such control over everything and you l slowly but surely whittled away at the relationships in your life to the point where they had no say you know it's it's almost the Archie Bunker syndrome it's like this is my chair and Edith has just always got to be right there for me and it's sometimes we do that to our wives sometimes we do it to our kids sometimes we do that to our God okay God do whatever do what I want do it the way I want it and you'd never ask me to do this and then yet I don't understand Lord why I haven't gotten out of my sexual addiction how come it keeps hanging around how come I can't stop how come I keep failing how come I masturbated two times this week well, because you keep wanting to do it your way, and my way is outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And I learned that in my own life. I mean, the minute I finally said, okay, God, I don't know how to do it, you do, you show me. And then he took me down a path where some days I was completely out of control. Then it was like, whoa, this is something I've never felt before. And it's it it was part of giving my life to someone else and, and, and being in a relationship where I had to give to them in spite of myself and be completely out of control. Well, I even think about how God started this ministry. Uh, that was, it wasn't my plan. Amen. Because when I, when, when he started kind of impressing on my heart that he wanted me to start then telling my story and going to churches and talking, I mean, I resisted that. Why? I'm a controller. And I thought that would be and it's interesting because kind of the way he presented it to me was the the idea that I didn't have unbelievable joy in my life yet and that this is how that was going to happen. And it just made no sense to me. How could going and talking about how I destroyed people's lives and how I did horrible things and all these sorts of things, how could that possibly bring unbelievable joy? Well, clearly he showed me that it wasn't all those things that brought unbelievable joy is what he did to transform and bring something beautiful out of that. That's but right. by stepping out of my comfort zone, which my comfort zone was, hey, just God restored my family. This is great. And I'm 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 enjoying receiving all of this grace and receiving all this good stuff. And it really wasn't until I started giving away what God had given to me that real joy started happening. And I think that's one of the things that we have to get in our minds. Controllers are takers. And controllers like predictability. They want to be able to plot out the timeline and say, okay, A, then step B, then step C, and all this is going to work out. And yet God sometimes jumps from A to D to F to G, and we don't, we're not in control of that. Yeah, and a lot of times he has a, he has a it's almost like uh, I think of those, you know, like when you're maybe driving in the mountains or something, and all of a sudden you get that squiggly line sign. Right. And, you know, we, a lot of times controllers want to say, listen, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, you know, and I'm just going to, boom, go here. And God is not bound by time. He's not bound by limited resources. He's not, he's not bound by anything. And so if, if the journey to get us to a place of complete submission to him is going to take 50 years and cause us to wind through all sorts of wilderness, you know what? He's fine with that. That's right. Because ultimately, he wants faithful followers. Because, and it's not because he's he's a manipulative, you know, God. It's because he actually is our maker, and so as our maker, he knows how we will function best, and we will always function best when we are following and dependent upon him. That's and that's right. when real contentment comes. That's right. And his directions are not always ours. 
and a thousand years are as a day, and a day is as a thousand years to him. Yeah. And if we don't listen to him, even in that small place of just trying to say, okay, Lord, I don't know quite how to do this, but I'm going to trust that you've got the next step. If we don't do that, then we may miss out on some great thing that he's got in our life, all because we'd rather have it done our way. Mm-hmm. And that's a difficult thing. I mean, listeners, I hope you know that we're not we're not talking down anybody because as Lee and I are talking to each other here, I, I think we're both, you know, our spirits are being quickened of our own conviction towards our own sense of continuing to have control issues. And I, because I know I do, I mean, I still struggle with that in my family, even in my work, because I, you know, I may have a certain vision for where the ministry needs to go. And, and God says, not yet, or he says no, or, you know, and, and it's just, it's just the idea of learning to get into a posture where we can wait, we can be patient, we can follow. And that's something that's very um, anti our culture. Uh, it's anti our sinful nature because, hey, our sinful nature wants what it wants right now. Right. And so I think a huge component of breaking out of this control, uh, this controlling nature is to learn patience, to learn to slow down and rest. Right. And acknowledge that it may hurt along the way. Yeah. Because sometimes when you lose control, you, you do feel disappointment and you do feel hurt. But God will help you through that place and help you see that, you know, just because you're disappointed doesn't mean that he's fallen off the throne somehow. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let it